genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, A Sword Day, A Red Day, Ere the Sun Rises. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. Death! <laughs> Death! I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> um, today we're talking about Minute 155, which starts with uh, Theoden saying, A sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises. Hell yeah. <laughs> And it ends with uh, Theoden raising his sword, uh, about to address his troops one more time. Yeah. It's so good. So looking at this, speech is generous. Yes, it's it's short. um, Yes, yes. It always feels like more words. Because the sheer scope of what's going on around it is so big. Yeah, that's true. I also forget that there's, like, a break in between when we have Eowyn and Mary talking. Yeah. Um, but, like, looking at the script, it's, like, like 20 words. Yeah, maybe. it's not very long. Yeah. Uh, also, the the spear rattling probably makes it feel a little longer. That's true. Uh, just the the um, the energy that, that um, oh, my God, why am I blanking? Bernard Hill. Yes, Bernard Hill. <laughs> it's so, it really comes through. Yes. Uh, this is, uh... This is so good. Yeah. This uh, this is apparently uh, Peter Jackson in the commentary says that this was his, one of his favorite, if not like his favorite scene that he was waiting to film. Mm. That he was he, he couldn't wait to do the ride of the road here. Oh, well, yeah. Because it's awesome. Yeah. Um, And the the spear, the spear shaking thing that Thaden does with his sword was Bernard Hill's idea. To run down the line with the sword out. That's so cool. Uh, apparently he got the idea from a visit to Weta with all the spears lined up. And he's just like, oh, that'd be really cool. <laughs> and he practiced for a while to do it. Uh, to make sure he wouldn't like drop his sword and stuff. Uh, but he's left-handed. And then Peter was just like, you got to do it the other way because the camera's over here, Bernard. Yeah. So then he had to do it right-handed. Which is why he, the only reason he had his sword in his right hand for the beginning of, of this charge and like this scene is because he had to do that one thing right-handed. Otherwise, he'd be riding away from the camera doing it. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So that, that's the that's the reason for uh, Theoden's inconsistent handedness. Is just this one thing that Bernard Hill really wanted to do. But what about Sam? I mean, there's less of a less of a explanation for that. Sam I guess. is still like X Files theme man. Like, right? <laughs> What's going on? So Theoden's whole speech in the movie is "Arise, Riders of Theoden." Right. Um, there's a spear shall be shaken, shields shall be splintered, a sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises. And then ride now, ride now, ride, ride for ruin and the world's ending. Death! <laughs> uh, so, that last line, in the book, it does do the ride now thing, but, uh, Ride, ride for ruin and the world's ending, and the shouting of death is not in the book. Mm-hmm. That that's something for the scene in the movie. Um, but they also omit uh, a line from the beginning of Theoden's speech from the book. Right after a rise, riders of Theoden in the book, 
He says, fell deeds awake, fire and slaughter. But that's probably too close to what they chose for the speech in Helm's Deep. Yeah, yeah, he says fell deeds awake in yeah, Helm's Deep. He does. Uh, fell deeds awake, um, what is it? Uh, right, now for wrath, now for ruin, and a red dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is close to this. Thaden loves, loves red. He likes, he likes using the color red and stuff. Yeah. Talking about a red day, a red dawn. Ruin. Ruin. Now is the day we draw swords together. Yeah. Uh, but in the book, so there's this italicized speech, which is arise, arise, riders of Thaden, fell deeds awake, fire and slaughter, spear shall be shaken, shield shall be splintered, a sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises, ride now, ride to Gondor, which then repeats. But before that in the book, as they're getting close to where... Uh, where they're going to start their charge from. Okay. There's like another piece of not italicized text that is totally a speech before the battle. Another piece of dialogue. Yeah. Like talking to his riders, which uh, I also really like. Uh, now is the hour come, riders of the mark, sons of Aeoral. Foes and fire are before you and your homes far behind. Yet though you fight upon an alien land, the glory that you reap he- there shall be your own forever. Oaths ye have taken, now fulfill them all, to lord and land and league of friendship. Which I I like that a lot. I think it's really cool. Um, And then right after that is him giving the orders to Ammer and Grimbold and a character not in the movie called uh, named Elfhelm. I feel like the oaths you have taken um, line went to uh, Ammer. Went to Ammer, yeah. In the, when they were leaving. Uh, no, when they were getting ready to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. That went to Armor. Yeah. So, like, you can see places from this climax in the book that they've kind of spread out across this whole storyline in Return of the King. Yeah. Um. Also, in this part of the book, it tells us that from where they start their charge to the city wall is a league. Is that how many miles in a league? Uh, I do not know without looking, but it is a league, which is a very old-fashioned term. Right. I believe it's multi. I think it's multiple miles, but I'm not 100. Is it sure. multiple leagues to a mile or multiple mm-hmm. miles to a league? I'm. You know, now you got me all confused. How? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how many leagues to a mile. Will Google tell me? Oh, on land, a league is most commonly defined as three miles. Oh my! So it's That's a hell of a charge. Yeah, so it's three miles from kind of where they start to the city wall. Okay. Yeah, but from the city, like. There's a whole freaking army in between them and the city wall. Yes, so like there is. And they got to get through them. Ride now to Gondor. Go through all that. Yeah. Also, they start pretty far out from the army, I guess. Yeah. Um. Then, so, man, th- this whole section of the book, uh, of this chapter of, of Return of the King, the Ride of the Orhirum, is uh, just just excellent. I'm just looking at it and, and was just like, oh, I got to find Theoden's speech in the book to see how different it is. And I, I just, like, read the whole last three pages. And I'm just like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited. So there's this there's this bit here where Mary uh, is, like, thinking about what he's doing here. And I think this is... I think that a lot of, like, this sentiment comes across in uh, Dominic Monaghan and the movie in general. Mm-hmm. Um, when, he, when Mary sees the army, uh, it says uh, he was riding behind Durnhelm, Eowyn. Clutching with the left hand while the other tried to loosen his sword in its sheath, he felt now bitterly the truth of the, the old king's words. In such a battle, what would you do, Maria Doc? Just this, he thought. Encumber a rider and hope at best to stay in my seat and not be pounded to death by the galloping hooves. Oh my god. Like. Poor Mary. He's so scared. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's there's something in here about Mary seeing Theoden's uh, countenance kind of shrink when he sees the army, and then it and then it turns around, uh, and like there's a wind, and then it starts to describe. Uh, it starts to, to describe Theoden right after he finishes saying "Ride now to Gondor." So with that, he seized a great horn from Guthlaf, his banner bearer, and he blew such a blast upon it that it burst asunder. And straightway all the horns in the host were lifted up with music, and the blowing of the horns of Rohan in that hour was like a storm upon the plain and a thunder in the mountains. I'm sorry, he he breaks a horn by blowing into it? Apparently. No, this this little this What? That like, isn't the last like They're made for that, Norman. <laughs> yes. So like the last paragraph of this chapter, like describes Theoden's charge into battle like he's a demigod. I mean It's so good. It's supposed to be like a mythological He's a mythological hero. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. So it uh where is it? So suddenly the king cried to Snowman and the horse sprang away. Behind him his banner blew in the wind, white horse upon a field of green, but he outpaced it. After him thundered the knights of his house, but he was ever before them. Aomer rode there, the white horse tail on his helm floating in his speed, and the front of the first air had roared like a breaker foaming on the shore. But Theoden could not be overtaken. Fay he seemed, or the battle fury of his fathers ran like new fire in his veins, and he was borne up on Snowmane like a god of old, even as Orme the Great in the Battle of the Valar when the world was young. Oh. That is the hunter? Boy? Yeah. Yeah. His golden shield was uncovered, and lo, it shone like an image of the sun, and the grass flamed into green about the white feet of his steed. For morning came, and a wind from the sea, and darkness was removed. And the hosts of Mordor wailed, and terror took them, and they fled and died, and the hooves of wrath rode over them. That is pretty badass. Yes. I'm so happy that I decided to go look in the book for this. <laughs> because this is Theoden doing what he was born to do. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. He's gonna... He's, uh, he's not gonna do this for very much longer. No, <laughs> but this is it. He gets he gets his moment. Um, so the biggest thing added to this this part of the the movie that's different from the book is all the shouting of death. Yeah, it makes sense though because like you want to rile up your it's it's both um, encouraging your men and also intimidating the other force. Right, you got a whole army shouting death. Right, death. Yeah, granted their army is not as big as your army, but also you are um, on foot. Right, you are on foot. You are a poorly trained, poorly equipped, albeit very violent orc. Yeah. You you win your battles through sheer force of numbers, not right. necessarily tactics. And here comes the most well-regimented army on Middle-earth to break up the party you're having outside this city <laughs> gate. I wouldn't say well-regimented army, because, I don't know, I would... But, like, definitely the most well-regimented cavalry. Oh, they're the only real... Ca they're the only cavalry in Middle-earth, really. Well, I mean, wh what would you call the, the the people who ride the Oliphants, if not cavalry? Uh, I suppose, yeah. It's not really used like cavalry. Yeah, they're more like tanks. But tanks are still cavalry. Yeah, no, I mean, they're more like siege engines. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I guess you would call them cavalry, yeah. They're, you know, it's a mounted force. Mounted combat. Yeah. But, um... Bro. The, the Rohirrim are special in the 
in the this region of the world is really being the only people that have yeah, a cavalry. Yeah, no, I know. They're the horse lords or whatever. Or the horse lords, like, yeah. Not, not the lords confused. of all horses. You're right, not to be confused with the lord of all horses. <laughs> Shadowfax. Snowman is such a good name for a horse. Yeah. But yeah, so this... You have... Like, the the Rohirrim are used and described as being, like, the best... Just about the best trained army that there is in this part of the world. So, like, they show up. They give these orcs the business. Well, they're about to, anyway. Yeah, they are. Um, But I I don't know. I think it's... I really like the addition of this whole... uh, Ride for ruin and the world's ending, yeah. death. Because they all they all show up here knowing that it might be their last fight. Right. Get them all riled up. We get that nice shot of Mary shouting death. He's getting into it. Mm-hmm. Eowyn looks weirdly a little less into it than, well, than Mary does. Because I mean, she, like I was saying yesterday, like this is, yeah, like. She has idealized this moment for her entire life, and yep. now that it is staring her in the face, um, she she done messed up. Right, that's how she feels right now, but she's going to be okay. Right. Yeah, um, and she also feels responsible for bringing Mary here. Yeah. So I think it's both fear and guilt that she has, like, swept this, this hobbit up with her. Yeah. Um, granted, like, he, you know, he, he made the case, like, you know, I deserve to fight just like my friends do. Um, but I think she, she feels responsible for him. Because she said, you know, she says, I'll look after you. Yeah. Death! But yeah, he screams at first, and then because, she, I think because he does, she finally is just like, okay, I need to. Yeah. In this moment, she's, like, confronted with what? You know, Aragorn. And Theoden and Amor have all, have all to told her. her. Yeah, but I like um, I like that it's Mary that pulls her out of it as well. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that she like you know conceals her face from her uncle when he's speech making. Yeah, she's like hunkered <laughs> down a little. Yeah, she's like oh, because she's also, I think also in this moment she's worried about being discovered too. Right. Especially when she shouts out. Right. She wasn't so concerned when she was talking to Mary without her helmet in the camera. Exactly, camp, yeah. That's another reason why I don't like that scene. But. And Amory's like behind her a right? little bit. You know? Not far away. Push Gambling walks helmet. right up to them. God. Gambling knows. Yeah. She's like, oh man. I'm you know what? Get, I'm not getting involved. I'm going to get in so much trouble. You know what? I didn't see anything. It's easier that way. <laughs> Just didn't see anything. Oh man! But yeah, no. I just I really wanted to just point out just how like badass over the top they had described. Yeah, that into this dude, charge. I can't believe he breaks a horn because he blows into it. That's ridiculous. Right? He blow the the lung capacity of this man. <laughs> Apparently, he like crit the horn. <laughs> yeah, just destroys it. That's like some Norse myth stuff. <laughs> Right? Like, that's, yeah, very that's much like it. the feats of Odin and Thor when they're out in their adventures stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, this is all really in, like, the, I mean, the Rohirrim are really steeped in a mix of Norse and Celtic stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense to use some of that same sort of imagery. I like that it, there's also the, the dropping of the Valar there. 
the uh i don't know just the the mental image of him just being like doot and then it's just like exploding do not do this <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like what so hard that it it just shatters and then everyone else in the company blows their horns that's hardcore dude and then he rides out ahead of everyone else what is that horn made of glass right? like the light hits his shield and blinds the enemy. Oh my god. That's so funny. That's the best part of that. That's what I took away from that. Yeah. Apparently. Just Herculean lung capacity. Yeah. Thanon's out here able to destroy things with his breath alone. Yeah, why isn't he just blowing on the orcs? Just, right? You bowl them over, dude. Right, Fusroda. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. He's shouting so hard. Oh my god. I love exaggerated descriptions of stuff like that. It's so good. It makes me, like, it just makes me, it just makes the the moment feel so ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, in the best way possible. You think Mary was high when he was telling Frodo about what happened? Just like, He's just like, dude, dude he was super to drunk be there. He was super drunk in some tavern in Gondor, which has no small cups, only pint-sized cups. <laughs> Frodo's like taking notes for the. Yeah. And Mary's just like, you you wouldn't believe this, Frodo. This is incredible. Took a war horn. And he blew on it so hard, it just just burst. It just burst into splinters, Frodo. Right? Frodo's like, are you sure? Absolutely. (laughs) He He had to be there. He like winks at Pippin. Like. (laughs) You heard it, right, Pippin, from the city? You know, I was a, I was a little busy trying to make sure Denethor didn't kill his son, but yeah. He blew on a horn so hard it exploded, Frodo. <laughs> it exploded. Oh my god. I saw him take an orc in his hands and shout in his face, and all that was left was jelly, Frodo. <laughs> jelly. His hands are like shaking. He's yeah. like holding the big cup. <laughs> Like, slams the mug on the table. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny. Anyway, we're... (laughs) We're from the website, duelinggenre.com. Just breaks down the gate of Gondor with the might of his voice alone. Yeah, that's hilarious. I'd be scared to talk to him, dude. It's like some black bolt. It's like, yes! It's gonna be like, who's the... Who's the guy in Marvel Comics? Right. Who, like, whispers and then, like, everyone's ears start bleeding. He whispers, earthquake. Oh, no. (laughs) Lucky when he was shouting at at Wormtongue, he didn't just destroy the... the, The, the He just leveled the hall. Yeah, or the whole hill. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, we're from the website, DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there if you haven't yet. Um, and if you haven't yet, like, you've been listening this whole time, like, right? for real. Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening. Right? My Happy tangents Friday. about superhuman theatins. God, that's so good, though. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and for all of your Movies by Minutes related needs, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com. There are now over 160 different podcasts to peruse, which is a lot. And, uh... Will it ever end? Good you God. Know, just a little over half the length of our movie. Good God, will it ever end? 
<laughs> Someday. Doot. We'll be back. Stand in toots as he pleases. <laughs> we'll be back, not tomorrow, but Monday. With uh, more of our boy Theoden. That's right. And um, and some some Denethor, some greasy, greasy Denethor. Yes, dude, I'm excited. It's like yeah. one benchmark after another. Right. I mean, we're it's it's. I mean, in a normal movie, it's the climax of the movie. <laughs> right. In a normal movie, this is the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> Right? These could have been six movies. Easy. No, good God. No. That'd be so weird. Yeah. It would be interesting, though. Man, we've already done the outro. People, like, turned off their stuff after this. Whatever. <laughs> we reward you guys for sticking around. Yeah. So, like, the the structure of that would be similar to how Tolkien intended the books to be published, but then, like... Maybe. So, like, I still don't think that's the right way to follow the narrative. I still think you do the intertwined thing. But there's just so much stuff, you could still yeah. split the I movies. I would not watch six freaking movies. Are you kidding? Oh, you watched all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, but there were there were seven books, Norman. Yeah. There's a there's one big book in front of me. That's true. That's true. But, but yeah, anyway. I don't know. You could have you probably could have structured it. In no, a way because that then we would have just gotten like the Hobbit. Maybe. It would have been so padded. I'm fine with three movies. Anyway, right. yeah, thank you guys Thanks. for listening. We'll be back on Have Monday. a good one. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.